Welcome to Truth Revealed Ministries, the weekly broadcast from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, with Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable Word of the Living God. Our prayer is that today's message draws you closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Albert. Greetings. God bless you. Welcome to our radio broadcast. Uh, We are so grateful for the listeners of this program. Before I start with today's message, I just want to say a great big thank you for those of you who have called to encourage us. And we thank those that are partnering with us and, and making it possible for us to share this broadcast with you. You know, you may not be able to reach the, the millions of people for Jesus, but your financial gifts make it possible for us to reach the masses each and every week. We are humbled, grateful, and appreciative of of every one of you, and we say thank you for tuning in. Well, this morning, actually this evening, I have a message for you. Uh, It's called The Purpose for Our Hit. Now, we have all been through trials and crisis and many difficult times in our life, and oftentimes we may not have learned the intended lesson from the pit of our lives. And I want to take a little a bit of uh, the story of Joseph uh, this morning and, and see what we can extract from God's Word and how can we make the pit in our life, the crisis, the trial, the really dark, gloomy seasons that we all go through, how can we make it work for us and what benefits are there for the pits in our life? What are the purposes that God intends for us to learn from these pits. So uh, if you have your Bibles, for those that are uh, with, with the Bible, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read two portions of Scripture, verses 5 through 11, and then we're going to scroll down to verse 18 through 24. Once again, the title of this message is The Purpose for Our Pit. Amen? Let's begin. The Word of God says, starting at verse 5, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please, hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose, also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it, to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? (coughs) Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. 
but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, I'm going to scroll down to verse number 18. Now, when they heard, excuse me, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So let's begin. Most people, if not everyone, is looking to find their purpose in life. Many of us ask ourselves the question, why am I here? What exactly am I called to do here on this earth? Why did God breathe his very breath into my lungs and give me life? And here's a big question. Am I fulfilling the call of God on my life? We all want to find purpose and value in our lives. That's a fact. We want our lives to be meaningful and full of value and full of worth. The reality is that we must, be, be, uh, must first be in God's presence to discover our true calling. We start this message today reading about the favorite child, Joseph. Many of us know his story, and I just want to focus on a couple of things in his life today. We know that Joseph was loved by his father more than all of his brothers. Joseph was the son of his father's old age. Three times in Genesis 37, the words uh, are recorded of his brothers hating him. They called him a dreamer, and we see a, a progression of hate and envy, and then it went to conspiring and, and even murder. They wanted to kill him. I'm sure Joseph knew that he was loved more and even favored more by his father. He knew that he was special. He went to the field where his brothers were working and toiling and sweating under the hot sun, and not only that, he went there wearing his multicolored tunic. And he basically began to sing his song. I had a dream. Please hear my dream. I, I got to share this with you. Let me tell you, saints of God, sometimes we need to be careful of who we share our dreams with. We need to be careful because there are some that are not having dreams of their own. There are some that will be jealous of what God is doing in your life. And I, I, I hate to say it, but this is the word that I use often. They become haters. They hate you because they ain't you. They want to be you. And, and sometimes we try to share 
the, the goals, the plans, the visions, the purposes of God, once we discover what He wants us to do, and then those around us become embittered, uh, uh, discontent, and, and they, they even become hateful towards you. Please, be careful of who you share your dreams with. Uh, Joseph was telling his brothers, my sheep was standing upright, and all of your sheep's we're bowing down to mine. I mean, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Again, he then goes into his second dream and he says, this time the sun, the moon, and, and the stars, they bowed down to me. Wow! Can you imagine his brothers sweating and, and working in the field and laboring and, and trying to bring grain to the home and, and, and working for their father and here their little brother with this beautiful a multicolored coat that none others received is over here telling them how great he is, how important, and how God has found favor with him. And he had a dream about uh, uh, being a, a, a leader of his family. They had enough. We ended our reading those scriptures about Joseph being thrown into a pit. And this is where I believe the Lord is having me begin with this message. Right there at the pit. What is the purpose of the pit? Why would God place Joseph in a pit to begin the work he had set out for Joseph to begin the destiny, the plan of God, the, the beautiful leadership capabilities. Why did it all start in a pit? How could so much good come from a pit? Joseph had been given two dreams, two visions, and he did share it. Next thing he knew, he found himself in a pit and this pit was a dark place without water it was a guaranteed slow painful brutal death the word pit in hebrew means bore b-o-r it's like a cistern a dungeon a well um, this pit was in a desert so it, it had no water it, the sun was beating down all day there was no escape and anyone falling into this particular pit was sure to die. I would imagine that this pit had snakes and scorpions and all kinds of bugs and creepy crawly things that would surely bite and ultimately would eat you. Joseph was cast into a pit. The Hebrew word shalak, S-H-A-L-A-K, it, it means to throw away like garbage to discard in other words Joseph was thrown into a pit like he was a piece of garbage I don't know if you've ever felt that way that people have discarded you or have erased you from their plan or their their friendships and and you might have feel like you've been thrown away like a piece of trash like a piece of rubbish that, that you didn't amount to much in anyone else's eyes. It's a terrible place to be. It's a terrible place to feel uh, uh, and, and experience something like that. And I hope nobody has gone through that. But the reality is, many have. God gave Joseph wonderful dreams and, and a vision. And his first stop, the pit. 
I've heard from being a, a young man and growing up in the faith that the PIT, the acronym for PIT, in essence means a preacher in training. P-I-T, a preacher in training. And today the Lord has given me quite a few more acronyms that I plan on sharing with you today about the word PIT. With the Lord, let me just start by saying with the Lord, the end is always far better than the beginning. In other words, your latter will be greater than your former. When Joseph was cast away like garbage into the pit, we do not read of him complaining and griping and arguing with God. Why me? Why did you do this to me? I don't deserve this. We don't read none of that in Scripture. He sat patiently and waited on God. One thing that, that we should be encouraged from and, and, and looking at the life of Joseph, Joseph knew that God gets no glory from us being in a pit. Joseph knew this pit must be temporal. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So be encouraged if you find yourself in a pit. God is not going to leave you there. He has not abandoned you and he surely will not forget you. Your day of being in your pit is almost at an end. Psalm 30 verse 9, it says, What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? So church, listeners, wh why the pit? What is the pit for? Well, we could begin by understanding one important fact. The pit is definitely a place of testing, a place of preparation a place of promotion and today I'm gonna to give you seven acronyms regarding our pits in our life which God will often use to our benefit that's right don't curse the crisis that you're currently in I know it's easier said than done and you might be saying preacher you don't know what I'm going through right now you have no clue of the very terrible trial that I currently find myself in. But let me tell you, in the authority of the Holy Spirit, your pit will not define who you are right now. You will rise from the ashes if you place your trust in the Lord. Do not curse the crisis. Your day of freedom is coming. God has a plan and a purpose for your pit. Can you trust him this day? Can you trust in the Lord and his plan for you? Number one, PIT. Here's my first acronym, P-I-T. You have to be poised in the test. Poised in the testing. Joseph knew that the PIT was not the palace. It wasn't going to be his permanent home. He didn't decide in his heart, this is it, I'm stuck. I'm not getting out of here. He, he knew that the pit was temporal. Joseph looked around and saw dirt and sand and bugs and drought. But he also looked up and he saw an open heaven, a clear blue sky. Joseph knew this pit is not what I saw in my vision. This is not the dream that God has put in my heart. Joseph knew this pit has to be a means to get to the next place. This pit has to be temporary. It, it can't be permanent. 
And, and we may look at our current job and, and, and think that it's like a pit, a disaster. But let me tell you, smile, because this job that you might be struggling in is not what you might have seen from the Lord. You, you may look at your home and smile and say to yourself, this is not what I saw. You may look at your finances and your checkbook and you can smile this day because it's not what you saw. You may look at, at the building that you're in or the place that you're in or the car that you're in and, and you can be content in knowing that this is not what you saw. All these things that you might be going through, they're temporary. God has bigger plans for you and me today glory to God Joseph he saw himself on a throne and and being on this throne in his vision he was relaxed as he sat in his dirty grimy pit and even though a pit might have seemed hopeless to you and me it wasn't hopeless for him he knew that the heat of the desert sun would refine him it would make him pure as gold. He was being perfected and purified. He was being polished all in his pit. So often we look at our current circumstances and we lose hope. We cling on to fear. And, and many times we'll blame God. All the while, God himself must be shaking his head and saying to himself, Oh, if they only knew what I have prepared for them. See, God has plans to give you a hope and a future. We often quote that verse in Jeremiah 29, 11. He has plans to give you a hope and a future, plans to prosper you and not plans to harm you. But then we see sometimes that God allows us to fall into a pit. Let me tell you, the pit will prepare you and I for God's best hang in there glory to God point number two PIT the presence is in the pit God will never leave you nor forsake you in other words while you're in the pit he is there with you Psalm 139 verse 7 and 8 it says where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Let me tell you, God turns our pits of despair into pits of despair. Glory to God. Zechariah 9:11. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. God intends for you to have freedom. God is faithful. He always has our best interest at heart. Favor, favor, favor for you. Not to fail you, but to promote you. Acts 9, 31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of his Holy Spirit they were multiplied do you know that sometimes God allows these crises and these pits and all these different things so that he can add unto you that he can add unto you the Bible says he prunes the branches he prunes the tree 
so that you can go and bear even more fruit. Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me tell you, saint of God, God plus one believer is a majority. You don't need the whole team. Hallelujah. You just need to align yourself with the Lord. And that's enough. Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Glory to God. Did you know that to wait upon the Lord, it requires discipline, but it also requires confidence. We must know that God is bigger than your problem. He is bigger than your pit. God will use the very pit that you find yourself in to draw you closer to Him. Depression pits, relationship pits, fear pits, Rejection pits, loneliness pits, discouragement pits, hopelessness pits, and the like. All of those pits are basically designed to draw you closer to the Lord God. Hallelujah. Number three, pits, P-I-T, personal internal training. Did you know that while Joseph was in that pit, I could imagine that he prayed, he, he sought the Lord, he trusted God while being in the pit. Joseph learned patience in his pit. Some of us want patience and we say, Lord, give me patience, I want it now. And, and in essence, that's an oxymoron because when we ask for patience, we're literally asking God to give us the test of our life. Because the only way that you could develop patience is to go through a trial. Joseph, he learned temperance in the pit. There was no food, no drink. He learned self-control. He began to fast and consecrate. I love this verse of scripture, verses of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You see, Joseph remained focused and faithful in the pit. There's an illustration. Billy Graham, he was loved all over the world. He sat and met with countless presidents and world leaders and free nations and even communist nations. He has been one of the most respected and honored Christian leaders of our time. Billy Graham has been offered movie roles, television programs, TV shows, buildings and schools and universities and, and money and all of those things. And he has always said, there's a still small voice of the Spirit of God, which always tells me, God called you to be. An evangelist you see when God calls us no matter what we are to remain faithful if God has given you a dream today 
If God has given you a vision, if God has given you an assignment, then even still, while you find yourself in the crisis, remain faithful to the assignment. Remain faithful to the call of God on your life. Our pit is oftentimes a wake-up call to let you know that it is time to begin. Point number four, PIT, position for immediate transition. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you know that your pit is in essence a transition period for your life? God is about to transition you. He's about to transition us. This is a, a basically a retreat center. Your pit is a transition. It's for you to get ready, to get ready, to get ready to transition into the next season, into the next place of your life. And sometimes God has to remove you from your surrounding, from your family, from people, or even from toxic relationships. God may have to take you away for a season so that he can uh, put his spirit upon you, so that he could uh, mold you and craft you and, and get you ready to go to the place that he has for you. God will never leave you stagnant. He would never leave you in one spot because it would not fulfill his great commission. It would not fill his, fulfill his will upon your life. We have to understand that God, our God, is a progressive God. He's an active God. He's a moving God, an unstoppable God. He, he's like a, a moving locomotive and you either get on board or move out of the way. But God's will, his plan will flourish and there's nothing that the devil can do. The Bible says that the very gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the church, let me tell you, you are God's people. Uh, the church is not a building of wood and stone but a church is composed of people, the body of Christ. And God will, will accomplish what he has set out to do in you. He will not abandon the work of his hands. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And let me tell you, God will not waste his breath. The breath of God that flows in your body, he will not waste it. Glory to God. You were designed with destiny. You have been built for a purpose. God has a perfect plan for you. And, and the pit is maybe your transition. It's your place of transition. So again, don't curse it. Just go with it. Amen? Point number five. P-I-T. Another acronym. It produces an incredible testimony. Hallelujah. Just like God reduced the number uh, 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 in, in, in the Gideon and in the, in the army with Gideon, he, he had to remove uh, thousands of people and reduce the number to 300 and, and brought it all the way down so that no one can question that it was not anyone else but God who, who could have done it. God sometimes has to reduce the number so that all people will know God is the one that is in charge. God is the one that is doing the, the deed. He does the same on an individual basis. He may take you through or allow really difficult circumstances so that you could learn to completely rely on Him. 
Did you know that sometimes, you know, we may feel like life has given us the knockout blow. But the reality is, if you are knocked out and you're flat on your back, when you open your eyes, what is the first thing you look for or you look up to? The sky. When you are knocked down and this world beats you down and you face up and you're looking up, that's where God wants you. Looking at Him. Nowhere else. Not looking to the left or to the right, but looking up. And sometimes with all the commotion, with all the stuff going on in our world, in our family, our, our jobs, with the children, and all the other cares of the world, sometimes we get distracted and we can't find our way. And, and sometimes we need to fall flat on our back so that the only place we could look is up. The entire world, our family, our friends, our church, everyone will know that only God could have done what he has done in your life. And God gets glory from that. Our testimony, it has to be credible, believable, and specific. Uh, God wants to create a unique testimony, not a copycat. And, and if you would just allow God to work on you, to allow God to, to really take you through this journey, to pass the test. Hallelujah. You can't have a testimony without a test. If you allow God to, to, to pass the test in your life, you will be unique. You would be on an adventure. You, you would be able to, to share your testimony with others. There are so many people out there uh, uh, trying to be like somebody else. Uh, they want to be the next T.D. Jakes. They, they want to be the next preacher, uh, the next minister. And, and God is just saying, listen, if I wanted another T.D. Jakes, then I would have made another T.D. Jakes. I want you to be yourself. I've created you unique, a uh, uh, specific. I, I created you with your own anointing. Uh, don't be like others. Try, try not to, to, to steal somebody else's anointing. Go before the presence of God and find your own anointing. Don't be a, a, a vision robber, a, a testimony thief, a duplicator, a copycat Christian. Hallelujah. Don't run for your, from your crisis. Face it and smile and say to yourself while you're going through, this is not what I saw. This is not what God has showed me. So there must be a purpose in this pit. There must be something that God is teaching me. You see, look at the example of Paul and Silas when they were cast into their pit, into the lowest dungeon. They began to praise the Lord. Uh, they were beaten down. They were close to death. And, and what did they do? They didn't complain. They didn't uh, uh, gripe amongst themselves. They didn't say, God, how did you let this happen to me? You know, here they are bleeding and bloodied and probably with a swollen lip and black eyes and, 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 and marks all over their flesh. And they're getting thrown into a muddy, smelly dungeon, a pit of despair. And what did they do? They turned it into a pit of praise. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of the song by the Imperials. Uh, praise the Lord. It says, when you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been crushed by Satan's manifested schemes and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears, don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Right? On and on. It says, 
praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord for our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind you will serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I wish I had a voice like, like uh, 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 the guy that sang. I forget his name. Uh, I forget his name. Well, praise God. Amazing musician. Glory to God. But you know what? But I won't even attempt to sing it. Hallelujah. Because I know my anointing is not there. Hallelujah. My anointing is to share the word of God. But when you're up against these struggles in life, praise the Lord. Praise your way through the storm. It takes me right to my next point. Number six, P-I-T. Praise invalidates the trial. Let me tell you, when you praise God, the test that you're going through can't kill you. The world may throw its worst at you. The, the world may come against you. Your family will come against you. Your enemies will try to kill you. They'll try to kick you while you're down. But the praise to God will open up the prison doors and it will set you free from the current pit that you were in. Remember Paul and Silas, they began to praise God and an earthquake came and opened up the prison doors. God sent his angels to break their chains Praise produces open doors. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. This is really important. Uh, uh, there was a road from Syria to Egypt where traders would cross the desert in caravans to go to markets to buy or sell goods. And this road actually still exists to this very day. In fact, thousands of years later, there are still caravans using this particular road from Syria to Egypt. And on this road, there still remains numerous pits in this area because for centuries, people have dug deep wells or cisterns to try to have water for their camels or their horses or livestock and even humans on these long journeys the pit must have been near the road where these traders came through with their caravans in order for the brothers to see them and pull Joseph out in other words the pit that Joseph was thrown into was the pit stop or the bus stop for the caravans to take him into Egypt free of charge to the exact place where he will rule later in life. In other words, this pit was the free transportation. It was the waiting station. It was the free ride. I like the term, if it's free, it's for me. Hallelujah. Sometimes God may throw you in the pit, but the pit is for your transition. It's for your free transportation to where God needs you to go. And it brings me to my seventh point. The seventh acronym, P-I-T, Privileged Included Transit. Hallelujah. The very pit that Joseph was thrown into was for his transportation to his destiny. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Joseph was special to God. God will make 
a way for you. God is a way maker. It may seem unconventional. It may seem a, a little weird of how God works, but God will make a way for you. Romans 8.28 tells us, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purposes. God's transcendent glory can take an evil situation and turn it out for your good and for your benefit. Joseph, in, in Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. David, the psalmist, in Psalm 40, verse 1 and 3, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear, and will trust in the Lord. Was it an easy road? No. Was his latter days better than his former? Yes. We know Joseph's story, and it's, it's really difficult to cover it all in one sitting. But let me paraphrase really quickly. We know that Joseph was sold into slavery at 17 years old. He was falsely accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, and then he was thrown into prison for a crime that he didn't commit. He spent 13 years in slavery and prison combined. He was 30 years old when he was made to be an overseer. He was 39 when his brothers first came to Egypt in the second year of famine uh, or nine years after being made an overseer. He was probably about 41 years or so when the brothers came a second time and Jacob comes to Egypt. And then the Bible says he was 110 years old when he died. So let me break this down. Joseph spent his first 39 years going through some of the most horrible, hellish, uh, difficult trials of his entire life. But then God allowed him to spend the next 71 years fulfilling his vision fulfilling his purpose as a leader second to the pharaoh in all of egypt and let me tell you the dreams that god gave him the vision that the lord showed him his brothers and his own father did bow down before him as was shown in those visions and dreams joseph brought them all into his own blessing and they all lived out their days in the palace of egypt Joseph not only provided for his family, but he ruled alongside the Pharaoh. He answered to no one but the Pharaoh himself and the Lord God Almighty. And the vision came to fruition. It was completed. God was faithful to Joseph, and Joseph remained faithful to God. His pit propelled him to the palace and to his purpose. So I ask you all, what is the purpose for your pit? 
today. Could it be that the purpose of your pit is for God to take you to the next level? The pit may have appeared like a grave to Joseph, but God resurrected Joseph out of his pit. If it were not for that pit, Joseph would have worked in the fields with his brothers forever and would not be remembered by anyone. God set Joseph's feet on solid ground. He turned his pit into praise. And because of his pit, many have seen and feared the Lord. Many will place their trust on the Lord. And God gets no glory from the pits in our life. So relax. That pit, that season, that crisis, the word of God says, this too shall pass. So in other words, remember, your pit is temporal. It will not be forever. Egypt remembered Joseph for centuries, and Israel lived in blessing in Egypt until Joseph's name was remembered no more. Israel at that time also remembered God no more. And then came the new pharaohs, and then came the new captivity. 400 years of slavery, 400 years of the lashing from the taskmaster's whips. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. James 4.10 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. I leave you with these last few words. Seek him today. Seek him while he may be found. Matthew 6.33 it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't curse the crisis of your pit you may find yourself in today there is hope for you God has a future mapped out for you praise him and give him glory your very best days are ahead of you thank you so much for listening may God bless you and keep in Jesus name we love you and keep us in prayer as we will always pray for you thank you God bless you We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. You are all in our prayers. We're able to bring this radio ministry to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you've been blessed by today's program, please consider partnering with us with a love offering of any amount. Visit our website, specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. That's specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday soon. We thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.